Welcome to the Alex with Tacos podcast, and today I'm with my co-host Christian Isaac, who will feature regularly on our music-themed episodes. Today's special guest is the one and only Pasilis Buritas, otherwise known as DJ Golden Feta. He is Toronto's most popular DJ, and if you are looking for a great party and an even better DJ, he is your guy. Vasily, <laughs> welcome. Let's dive straight into it. Thank you, boys, for having me. Appreciate it. Okay. First off, what kind of guy was Billy in high school? Like, if I went to high school with you, what kind of guy would you be? Billy would not be the guy you'd expect to become a DJ today. <laughs> um, I'd like to say that on the inside, I've always been the same guy, same drive and passion for life. But on the outside, for sure, I was a little bit more um, to myself, a little bit more um, book-focused and academically focused. And, you know, there's one straight path in life, and that's the way it is. Um, I for sure wasn't as outgoing as I am today, and I'm happy that once, near, really near the end of high school, especially grade 12, and uh, into university, I really spread my wings and opened up, new pares and stuff, yeah. So you're like, you were like a shy in school? Shy, like I wasn't, you know, oh, don't talk to nobody, but I wasn't, you know, Mr. Popular, uh-huh. that's for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you feeling now? Yeah, it, it really first year was uh, going into university, diving in, meeting new people, especially in the Greek clubs across the, the HSAs across the universities. Um, it really just opened up uh, doors and friendships and a new uh, new wings, basically, spreading my wings, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, a new era. Exactly, yeah. The Golden Filter era. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. Awesome. <yeah. laughs> so next up, how and why did you end up as a DJ? So, long story, but I'm going to try to condense as much as I can. Um, how did I end up as a DJ? First year of university, I was already uninterested. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? In order to focus, I need a mix. You know, something on YouTube to just play because I'm switching back to YouTube and getting distracted every 10 minutes. Um, I started making some YouTube mixes um, and I was like, I need a name. And what I did is I didn't have, I was like, I'm not going to be DJ Vasily, DJ Billy, it's too common. So I go, one of my friends in high school had made up a nickname for me, Golden Feta, which actually this logo was designed in my communications technology class. Wow. And it was just a project. So I was like, okay, you know what? That's creative, that's unique, DJ Golden Feta. And I used that name for my YouTube mixes. And about eight months after, like April of first year university, uh, a friend asked me to be a volunteer DJ. Wow. I go, I'm not a DJ. Oh, but you have the music on YouTube? Sure, I'll do it. And it just grew from that one party to another party, to another three parties, to wow. another, and just uh, things happen for a reason, right? Yeah. It kind of fell into place almost. Exactly. Look what we are today. <laughs> On your podcast, <laughs> <boys>. <laughs> Yeah. And these videos are quite awesome. You thank you. 17 million views. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Oh, yeah. We just hit 17 million. Thank you, guys. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that will be up in like two or three weeks, probably. So exciting stuff. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thank you, boys. Okay. What has been your favorite event as a DJ and as a host? Mm hmm. Um, as a DJ, I would have to say, well, DJ and host. We'll start with that one. A party that I've hosted that's probably my favorite was um, Feta Fest. Oh, okay. The first one, which we had in 2019, um, hosted with my co-host Panagiotri, really good kid from La Conia as well. <laughs> and um, we kind of, it was a spur of the moment thing. I got inspired from DJing all these parties. I go, I want to host a big one myself. I had done a concert in the past, but I go, I want something where us and the youth and you know are the center of attention yeah. not a singer and we go but we have to be unique so we threw 
I threw the idea, I went on a couple of friends and they're like, a yacht party, a boat party, you crazy, whatever, investments. And uh, then one day I was out at Cafe Frappe with my friend Panayote and he goes, uh, that's awesome, I'm in. I go, are you serious? Yeah. And uh, we basically, we organized the whole thing in less than a month, in about three weeks. Wow. And I actually ended up leaving for Greece three days after we decided to uh, do the party. And I go, all right, you take thing, care of logistics here. I'll take care of advertising online. Wow. And I'll be back two days before the party. <laughs> and uh, we did it. And that was my favorite. It was just such a cool experience. Um, I'd have to say just strictly as a DJ, other than DJing my own y'all party, was um, I DJed, it's called a youth party in Greece last summer, in this village, which is like 500 meters up in the mountains. Uh, the nearest village is 20 minutes away. And I was like, it has a population of 300 people. Wow. What's gonna happen, you know, is anyone gonna show up? And then 450 people from surrounding areas and villages uh, ended up showing up and uh, DJing till 8.30 in the morning. Wow. It was a pretty surreal experience. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I'll never forget that. Yeah. It's called Arichia. It's up in the mountains of uh, La Comia. And uh, I actually, like five generations back, have some roots there. So pretty special moment. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you guys. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so where do you see the Greek scene in Toronto heading over the next few weeks? It's going to be unpredictable, honestly, but I'm a little worried for it, you know, and um, I've seen kind of a deterioration even so I've been going out since I'd say about 2015 is when I turned 18 and that's kind of when I really started going out into the Greek scene concerts the Greek club bar events whatever and um, I've seen I always hear about how the Greek scene was in the 2000s oh there was this many events and there was this many restaurants and this many clubs and on the downfall there was I was like where'd they all go you know when I started going out there was about three Greek clubs left. Um, there is none left today. Um, and uh, I, that's why I'm really trying to do my part along with my friends and people who are like-minded and trying to keep something alive. Um, because yeah, it's uh, it's worrisome, you know what I mean? I don't think it's heading in the right direction and we're trying to change that. Can't lose the culture. Can't lose the culture. For the culture. <laughs> Any crazy fan stories? Any crazy fan stories. Um, yeah, a couple, not nothing too crazy. Um, one that's more recent was uh, a couple of weeks ago at an event. It was a Greek uh, school event and their families there. And I think what was just surreal was uh, this little girl came up to me and asked for my autograph. And then like her cousin, he came up to me, he's like, we're doing autographs. And then they started grabbing napkins, trapezomadilla, whatever they could find at the bank ball. And I think I signed like 20 autographs. That was pretty funny. Um, another fan story. Not a fan story, but a story involving my music. Uh, hearing my music being played in Greece at bars, um, getting people sending me, uh, a former classmate of mine had sent me, uh, my mix was playing in Mykonos. Wow. And she's like, I'm booking you for my wedding today. Your music is playing in Greece in Mykonos. I'm booking you today for next year. And uh, well, that's, that's a pretty cool story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up doing a wedding. It was a great wedding. It was uh, lots of fun downtown Toronto over a year later. But uh, just seeing the, the reach of where my music stream played was so cool. That's you know, cool. Yeah, thanks guys. And there's groups all over the world. Even on our podcast, we had guys from Finland, Australia tuning into the trailer. Shout out to Selenes Pagosmeos. Nice, yeah, man. All over the place. Nice. So on that same topic, what is Greek 
what does being Greek mean to you? Oh man, <laughs> what a deep question. Um, being Greek to me is there's so many different aspects to it. It's part of my identity. It's should be part of everyone's identity, I believe. Um, it's part of my moral compass. What I try to believe is right from wrong. Um, it's my roots, of course, right? Um, what does it mean to you? Being Greek to me is, like I said, it's part of my identity. It's something that I try to use as a foundation. I mean, it's very difficult for me to go five minutes without telling someone. <laughs> it's kind of my personality at this point. Um, but what it means to me in the simplest form is metokalo, hopefully, the Greek man should do things with honor and pride and philotimo and for the goodness of the general. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I think it's tried to give me morals, values, and uh, honestly, I'm very proud of being Greek. It's tied to almost everything that I do. Um, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. That's a beautiful way to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to say that. It's a way of life. Yeah, some of this work to live. Some others live to work. Yeah, that's right. And uh, for sure in Greece, I mean, the few times I've been and stuff, it's uh, influenced the way I see things, the, you know, anywhere you go and travel. Yeah. I think influences the way you yeah. go, whether it's the States, whether it's Europe or, you know, but the Greek way of life and the weather and the climate uh, also plays a part in things. I know. But uh, yeah, it's a way of life. That is beautifully put, Alex. How do you manage a strong work-life balance? How do you manage a strong work-life balance? So, I'm sure you've all heard the quote, you know, you got it. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life, yeah. right? Um, that's true to a point, obviously. You need to go to work to survive, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that for me, and not to say that honestly, I've accomplished anything in my mind. Um, people tell me sometimes, you know, you've done this, you've done that, but I don't think I've done anything extraordinary yet. I hope to one day. Um, however, strong work-life balance to me is every day choosing to do what you want to do and whether it be work, make work what you want to do. You just have to have the guts to do it. And I think I've been able to put to the side the thoughts and opinions of others. They creep up sometimes, but you know what I do and I go, if I'm going to work, I'm going to be working towards a goal, towards something that I want to do. I want to work for myself. and. It's not going to be the same for everyone. Not everyone wants to work for themselves. Not everyone has the same goals. Um, but I think the work-life balance starts in your mind, starts personally, and then you throw that into the world. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. With a strong mindset, you're going to achieve your goals. For sure. Yeah. It's it's all mindset, Christian. Yeah, yeah you're right, man. You always got to find the ladder. Always. Can't yeah, you, and you can't start at the top either. You know what exactly. I mean? Yeah. It's always the climb up and uh, honestly going at your own speed. That's the key, I think, to the work-life balance. Do things right. Do All things right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that's it. Life's slow, but for sure right. 100%. Slow, but it can be fast. It's it's a ride, exactly. You know what I mean? There's the ups and downs. There's the slow and the fast parts. Yeah. There's the fun and the scary parts, but it's uh, it's a ride. That's it. That's the next thing. You talked about me, Conros, you know, music, <laughs> awesome stuff. So what does having a global fan base mean to you? Oh my God, it's... Uh, Overwhelmingly amazing, and it's a special feeling um, when I see that my YouTube channel is, you know, 50% is in Greece, and then I see 20% is in Germany, 10% is in Australia, um, especially with the Greeks, you know, of course, but with everyone in general, just connecting with people around the world is such a surreal feeling, man, like, 
to say like the email is in Australia, the Germania, whatever, you know, and it's like England, wherever, you know, people may be, um, seeing that they're hearing my voice or watching my videos that I took on my vacation last year on my YouTube mix. Um, Spotify sometimes, for example, says, uh, you know, 17 people are currently listening to you. Yeah. I'm thinking this voice right here, wow. people are listening to that around the world. Um, for me, it's, uh, it's a surreal feeling of connection. I feel that I'm connected to people. And I think the most special part of that is uh, people telling me that, oh, your YouTube mix got me through this period of my life, got me through my career, got me through, not my career, my job, yeah. they, uh, my school year, my semester. It got me through a tough point in my life. And it's like, wow, I'm helping this lady in Australia. I'm helping this guy in Germany. I'm helping this kid in the Choreo in Greece. You know, it's like, it's amazing. I can't thank people enough for allowing me to give them help, you know, and give them music. You know, not changing their life, but you know, being a small part of it. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fanifest, how's it gonna work? Uh, how's it gonna work? That's an awesome question. Um, like I said, we started in 2019. This year around, uh, this time around, we're trying to make it bigger and better. Uh, Fanta Fest 2023 is a three-day festival. So it's not just one yacht party, but it's three yacht parties. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 1, 2, and 3. Um, Labor Day long weekend, right as everyone's kind of getting back from their vacations, but right before the school year, we think it's the perfect time. Um, Friday is going to be a 19 plus club night uh, for those 19 plus to around the mid 30s age. Uh, Saturday is going to be a 30 plus retro night for the adults who want to let loose and party with other kids. And then Sunday night is going to be a youth cruise for you know the strong Greek community in the high schools that I've been a part of for since I was in high school and uh, 15 to 18 years old. And uh, we think that this way we're not just giving back to our parents and our friends. Or we're giving back to every demographic who has supported us. The parents have supported us. The Greek schools have supported us. Our friends have supported us. And giving everyone, like we said, we're worried about the Greek scene in Toronto, yeah. a way to just party and end off the summer on a high note. That's amazing. Thank you, boys. We're sure it's going to be massive success. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. We already have friends <laughs> coming to us. And like, Yo, can you get us some food? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> as they say in Greek, from your mouth to the ears of God, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so before we get to wrap it up, we do have two audience questions. Sure. Oh, what's up, Maria? <laughs> so the first one goes as follows. How did you get to be so famous? Um, due to the support of people listening worldwide and honestly, because of their hearts, you know, no one just becomes famous. It happens from others, right? By following what I'd like to do and people enjoy that. You know, I think people like to see people doing what they want to do. And, I love to see you guys do what you like to do, and that's it. If, if that means I'm famous, um, I never consider myself that way, but so be it. Yeah. <laughs> so, second question for you. Yeah. How old are you when you started DJing? Okay, when I started DJing, I was 18 when I started doing the YouTube mixes, and I was 19 when I actually started DJing um, live performances. But the name of the Feather came out at 17 years old in high school. <laughs> was it a struggle like, when you started DJing? Like, when you were like, 15, 16, like, clubs, well, well, that age, I had no idea I even wanted to DJ yet. Um, honestly, because of the way it started for me, it wasn't a struggle. Um, I won't say there wasn't hard parts. Yeah. When I for sure started taking more seriously, there was. But I think I always took at it, took it as something fun, and I didn't take it seriously until 
about two years in, when someone goes to me, buddy, like, you're, you're doing events, you're doing parties, start taking this seriously. Imagine you're doing this much without even a business card, you know? Yeah. Um, make a shirt, make a business card, whatever. And people just pushed me. So uh, honestly, I've been blessed to say that. It's been a learning experience more than a struggle. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. So now's the time where we're going to wrap it up. So thank you, Keith. Thank you, boys. Nice to get We appreciate it. Stay tuned, listeners. We're going to have a, a cool interview coming up next week, too. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank you, guys. Take care, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys. Thank you.